Ryan Mott, and I'm welcoming Katrina Boss today. And she is a tantra expert, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a lot of interesting things. <laughs> so we'll get started with this. Started on a conversation. I called her on the phone, and we had the most fascinating conversation I've had in, in a long time about interesting subjects, specifically spirituality and, and within the divine male and female. And uh, I thought this would be fantastic capture on video. So welcome. Thank you. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your book first. Um, you've written some books on, on the matter. Tell us a little bit about uh, the tantra books you wrote. So Tantric Intimacy just came out last summer, and it was a real culmination of everything I teach. Um, and it's not all about sex. You know, there's one section, section four. It's about sex. Because everybody loves section four. Everyone loves. People either want to skip section four, or they sure. or they only want to go to section okay. four. Okay. Um, which is fine. You know, sometimes we're drawn to something because that's where. That's where we're wounded the most. Sure. And our sexuality, like later we'll talk about the masculine and feminine, but the, our sexuality is where we see how dysfunctional we are mm -hmm. and how far off path we are. Like as humans, it's almost like we know that it's supposed to be way different than this. Like, Describe that. Tell me about way different. That, that, that's exciting. Right? Sure. Well, so what the problem is is we aren't taught anything about sex. So we come into this sexual time, our hormones are flowing, and society says, don't do it, use a condom, don't get disease, da da da. But they don't tell you nothing. So, of course, that doesn't matter. Things are moving, things are. So, what do we do? We default to our primal instinct to pro procreate. Sure. Right? And we know somewhere inside that, okay, I'm going to take some part of my body and I'm going to insert it into some part of your body and we're going to go like mad for a little while and then something's going to happen and it's going to be over and we will have accomplished something. Mm. But of course, that procreative model, just to, it's great for babies. Like that is the greatest way to make babies. Mm. And it doesn't even matter whether you are gay or it doesn't matter because the model is the same. You get together, we call it friction sex. You know, you rub parts together, it's exciting. You jump off the mountain and then you pass out. Like that's how it goes, right? Hopefully not. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's lots that have experienced that. So. But, that, but the problem is we aren't taught anything, mostly because our parents didn't know any better. Like this, this information has been lost because sexuality has been demonized as mm. being something evil and only for procreation, otherwise you're sinful and all this kind of thing, right? Right. So but the truth is, as humans, we're able to do so much more than just make babies with that energy. Like we talk about in energy worlds all about how this is life force energy and it's divine energy mm. and all that kind of thing. And then our sexual energy comes out of our second chakra, or predominantly out of that kundalini. But it really is all that. Like, it actually literally is, as each of us, we are meant to be masters of this energy, mm. in that we can actually choose to do with it what we want. You know, you do healing work. If we, are, if we focus on it, we can actually take that energy and heal parts of our body. Sure. And it's the same sexually. So tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about how we use sexual energy to heal our body. I, I've experienced this myself, and I've worked with people on this. But I want to, I want to hear your take on this. So there's, there's a lot of different aspects to it. Like one, um, so for example, ejaculation. It's a sure. huge topic, right? Ejaculation is only needed for procreation, mm -hmm. right? And it's different than orgasm. Like orgasm is a function of the nervous system. Ejaculation simply Biology. causes sperm to right. come out. Like that's it. And the key is they often happen together because we're just doing a procreative model. Right. But they don't have to. Like sometimes people ejaculate with an orgasm. Sometimes people orgasm without ejaculation for sure. True. So the key is if you imagine you're making love. So in my teaching, so if I teach a couple, 
and I'll say, okay, go away for a weekend and make love, but don't ejaculate. Hmm. So it creates this energy desire that comes up, and you're focusing on the, the frequency of the connection, not based on sexual gratification. Right, and it's right. different too, like, um, so for one of the biggest challenges in relationship is oftentimes one of the partners will go, well then why are we having sex? <laughs> Which is sort of the sure. beginning yeah. of the reason they're taking the course. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> because there's a, there's a disconnect right. on why we're making love, why we're together, how do we function with each other? So in that initially, and then it becomes a question, well then what do we do then? Because we've actually lost touch with our entire beings. Like right. all of a sudden we get, we get naked and all we are is a pair of genitals. Right. Well, we've now given up 99% of who we are. The rest of us. The rest of us. Right. So now all of a sudden you get rid of that. And even the goal of orgasm, because as soon as our brains are in the bedroom, we suddenly, okay, well, first I want her to come, and then I want this to happen, and then I want this, and I saw this thing in this porn thing I watched last night, and then there's this, and, we, and our brains are actually doing it. Well, the brain is so limited. So Tantra, in its essence, is about integrating the divine into the physical world. Well, mm -hmm. the divine is infinite. It's in the singularity. It's in, in oneness. And it's truly infinite. This physical body is limited. You know, I am in this time and space. You are in that time and space. And I can only experience as much as this body can experience. Sure. The integration of infinity into this limited body is the magic of Tantra. Mm. So now all of a sudden, if you bring two infinite bodies together, the bodies just become the vehicles for whatever chemical amazing reaction that's going to happen between these two people. Mm. But you have to get out of your head because the head keeps it very limited. It separates things. Sure. It separates you as people. And it, it creates a box for what you're going to experience. But what's possible is infinite. So you're saying, it basically, to paraphrase you, is that there's, you know, the focus is on the vibe between you two. It's not the physical bodies. The physical bodies are, are the vehicle. But it's the vibe of that's created through that union. You're saying, and building that energy up, in, 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 that spiritual energy up in that union is, is basically, it's focused on connection rather than physical touch. Physical. All about the connection. Right. Because that's the point. It's sort of like... That's the transcendence, right? It's the transcendence. And the reason it is, is we talked earlier before, before we were filming about... So there's oneness and there's duality, mm -hmm. right? And this oneness, you know, we talk about, you know, that God is omniscient and omnipresent and all that, which sure. makes no sense to us because... Mm. We, not really. Like, we can say the words, but it doesn't really make any sense. Because this oneness doesn't make any sense in this left-right duality, masculine-feminine world. So now imagine, if you look at us under an electron microscope, every cell, every cell of everything in this room is just energy. And the energy molecules aren't even touching. They're just close to each other by magnetism. Right. So now you take this oneness and you split it into two. And the two can play with each other. It's almost like experiencing ourselves with ourselves. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, this is interesting. But it, and if true union happens, mm. you're back to bliss. Mm. You're back to oneness. So when two people come together, if you can truly connect and release all the limitations and truly connect, then you experience pure bliss. Mm. And that is that tantric thing when you see the pictures of the people in union and there's energy flowing everywhere. And that doesn't come out of a trick. It doesn't come out of an exercise you did, it doesn't come out of a breathing technique. 
It's a genuine, and this is the hardest thing about Tantra, is that it's real. If you're actually upset, if you're actually guarded, if you're actually unable to release your mind into the mm -hmm. moment because you're afraid to be vulnerable, which is really reasonable. The world hasn't prepared us to be very open and vulnerable in relationships yet. It's coming, but it's just not yet. So it's very hard for us to be completely heart open like that, to connect in that absolute genuine way with absolutely no intentions, I don't need to be anything, and become that drop in the ocean. Mm. Like that's, and that's why Tantra is a real journey, like it's a real spiritual journey. And you can start at the sex, because that's where we feel it the most in our life, but it's almost like you find out that's possible. Okay, and you can kind of back, back your way out of it, back to, and you, eventually you find the points that are hurting, you find the reasons you struggle to get close. And then once all that is healed, slowly you start having these experiences that make no sense. The most incredible tantric experiences sexually, there are, people always ask, I mean, the number one question, what positions do we sit in? It's like, <laughs> They're all the, all the positions, <laughs> if you have that connection. Point. Right. <laughs> like, you could be holding right. hands. Yeah. You could be simply holding hands. It's the same thing as... It's that vibe. It's, it's... So one of the things I teach a lot about is touch. Because we often localize our touch, you know, through, you know, being yanked around or being he heavily handed or whatever, you know, handled heavily. <laughs> That's right. And, but the truth is our nervous system is one. Mm. You know, and we know this, right? If you have a new partner sure. or, you're, or you're, you like that person over there and they go by and they touch you and your whole body feels it right. instantly. Everything's alive. Everything's alive. Right. Well, imagine being intimate and everything staying alive. Right. Like, that's insane. You don't even have to touch genitals. You can just simply Beep. touch someone's right. face. And that, huh. and that the human body, like, I mean, with this is like an electrical, magical experience, like this creation. So then all of a sudden, I, with all my intention, is I'm like, mm, you know, and I'm touching you. And if, if, if you're receptive to that, it's like, and it's just magic. Like, mm. forget about the sex. The sex is a whole other thing. But just simply two humans, it's almost like, understanding how what an honor it is to get to be intimate with this person what like yeah. how amazing is that then to, to actually come to a place where you're actually connecting the bodies and inserting genitals but even then and this is where this whole getting away from ejaculation is so important because when you actually like in a heterosexual relationship when the Vajra, so we call like the, the penis the Vajra, it's, it's Sanskrit for, uh, for thunderbolt, mm -hmm. which I like because it redefines it as opposed to a ramming rod <laughs> of kind of the procreative world sure. to actually, no, this is the giver of energy. Right. This is, this is what the masculine energizes Mother Earth with. Sure. Like this isn't, you know, and I am not just a cylinder to be pumped, you know. This is yoni, you know, it's, it's actually just Sanskrit for vagina, but it's, it's a whole being. So all of a sudden, when the Vajra and Yoni come together, it's like plugging into the universal right. socket. Now, I've heard in, in Tantra, people don't move. They just stare at each other's eyes, and they stay silent, and they just focus on that connection. They call it, I think they call it riding the wave. But they, they focus on that connection. They, they keep start building. It's almost like a pot where they're both putting energy into it, and it builds this frequency. Is that, so, is that accurate description? Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> the thing is with Tantra is it's infinite. Sure. So there's no rules. So a lot of times, uh, well, 
you'll do that certainly in exercises in workshops because <laughs> it's a little safer than you know where we get naked and doing sure. weird stuff and it doesn't necessarily work that way but so we were talking about the masculine and feminine so yeah. a lot of times if you're like eye gazing and you want to ride a wave together you can do something through breathing techniques where I may inhale their exhale and then they inhale my exhale and you can play with the polarities in the body where the feminine this is my positive pull, so this is where I give. And then the masculine receives through the heart, and then they give through the vajra, and then I receive through the yoni. So that's, it's like a the, 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 in, in Qigong, they talk about the, the, like the heavenly cosmic. circuits, yes. where they, they, they connect the heavenly circuits together. Interesting. And so you circle, you circuit this together. And then, of course, the eye gazing is just obvious. Like that's just right. such a deep connection, right? Mm. And so you have this, and then this presence, I don't know, it, but again, what I find is it only works when it's real. Like, it's not just a case of, okay, well, how about Please you and I just it. do this, right. and let's just try this. It's like, yeah, it might be interesting. But when there's actual love, and mm -hmm. actual connection, and actual respect, or honor, and all that, it's, a, it's, a it's, it's not just a word. It's actually really something. And you can do this in intimacy. You can do it just sitting. You can do all kinds of things. But the key with this interaction so to me it goes into this masculine and feminine idea, mm. is that the masculine and feminine is very misunderstood. Like we often are like, well, oh, I'm a very masculine male, or I'm a very masculine woman. And it's like, in Tantra, or in the more ancient ideas, is it's not like that. It's, you're only masculine when you're interacting with the feminine. Mm. So I am completely whole. I am completely masculine and feminine. Sure. I talk, which is masculine. I listen, which is feminine. I intuit, which is feminine. Then I manifest, which is masculine. I, that is, that is, I, I am strong enough to protect myself, which is masculine, to be vulnerable, which is feminine with myself. This is my balance. So with, all by myself, I'm not masculine or feminine. I'm just yeah. one. Right. Like, I'm in perfect balance. Same with you. You're in perfect balance. You're just just you. Unless we're with a mate, and then once we're a mate, I think we talked about this before on the phone, actually it was a fantastic conversation, just like this one. Um, as you mentioned that when we were by ourselves, we are um, complete, and when we're with a partner, um, then we take on a role, we take on a side of that. Exactly. So uh, with my partner, I become manifesting the masculine energy, and she represents the feminine energy, and we have that polarity to have that flow. That goes through because if you have two masculine energies, they're competing. If you have two feminine energies, they're pulled. They're, they're they're competing in a different way, right? And they and there's not that that sense of, of um, balance. Totally. Well, and that's why, like with this breathing, for example, if you're both just breathing at each other, you stay separate. But for me to be vulnerable enough to receive their breath into me. So one breathes out, the other one's breathing in. Wow, okay. Right? And so Gotta try that. <laughs> yeah. And but and there's a real receptivity to that. And this is the thing about the masculine and feminine. And it's not just in mates. This is like if you imagine all humans, all humans on the planet, we all come out of this oneness. Mm -hmm. And now we separate out for whatever reason, we don't, we don't want to go there, but we separate out. In order for us to actually interact, we must polarize. Mm -hmm. Whether you're romantically involved or not. So I'm a parent. And my children are naturally the feminine, and I'm the masculine, because they need something. They're hungry. Well, the hungry requires to be fed. And then someone comes along and says, well, here is a sandwich. And this is an interaction. This is two people interacting. 
if the two of us are sitting here with a sandwich going, here, have a sandwich, have a sandwich, we're not interacting. But when one is actually hungry, and I give them what they want, then we've now created something. Right. One of the stories I, I say in my book, for example, is, let's say, you know, you're just sitting on a bus. So one dynamic is protector and vulnerable, right? This is a huge masculine-feminine dynamic. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting on the bus and you're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden there's a little lady up there and somebody goes to try to take her purse. And she can't defend herself. Well, my intention, my mm -hmm. focus on her is now creating some kind of potential union between us because I'm now focusing on her. I've come out of my separateness and gone, wait, what's going on here? And when I realize she can't defend herself, I will rise up in the masculine, and she, because because she's in the feminine, the masculine always responds to the feminine. Mm. The feminine just is, and the masculine is always action, in sure. relation, everything. So I now rise up, I go over, and I tell the dude to, you know, bugger off, and and then she's like, oh, well, thank you, you know, and then she goes and sits, and I go sit, and then we revert back into our separateness. Mm. I'm not now defined as the protector or a masculine person. I simply rose up in that moment. So you take and, on the role. And that's it. But that's what created the union in that moment. So in the same way that, let's say you just choose to have a conversation with someone. You know, if I talk and you actually listen, then we are now creating something here. Mm -hmm. But if I talk and you talk and I talk and you talk and you talk, we're not actually, we may as well be I somewhere else. relationships like that. Right? <laughs> it's actually, there's no union. There's nothing yeah. created. And this is the thing about creation. The masculine women create something. Mm -hmm. This is a conversation. This is a something. If someone wants to paint, an artist wants to paint, the artist is masculine and the easel, or the, the canvas is the feminine. The, the, easel, the, the canvas is nothing without an artist, and the artist is nothing without a canvas. It must, it, it, that's how creation happens. Mm. It's the same thing as if you just like make stuff, but you have no idea in your mind, you can't do it. It has to have both. So now in relationships and intimacy, this is where things get a little confusing. And in our world, we've become very androgynous. And I don't mean this in a gender-fluid way. I mean this in a... Historically, we've all interacted very separately emotionally. You know, I don't know why. Whether it's religion, war, famine, struggle, who knows, who knows. For whatever reason, we've hormones, acted... Hormones, chemical hormones. I mean, chemical hormones, we know, have different interactions with the body. Well, and, and there's a lack of safety. Right? So, like if, so we just met. If you felt like I was going to judge whatever you told me, you wouldn't tell me much. Probably not. No. Right? We would have some kind of weird surface conversation. Ah, oh, yes. With the weather, like a dog. And, right? And uh, <laughs> ah, yes, I took that course too. Right. And that would be it. Hmm. But as soon as there's a level of safety, suddenly the guards go down and you actually can have Real a genuine conversation, conversation sure. a genuine connection, a genuine union, right? So historically, this has been very—we've been very separate for whatever reason. Just maybe, maybe we were attacked all the time, and we just learned to be defensive. Like, mm. I don't know. So now, all of a sudden, two people come together in a couple. They come together, but they're actually there's no heart open, safe place to come. You know, let's say a hundred years ago or whatever. We everyone had a role to play. Dude had to go out and make money, she had to have babies, there's no birth control, don't touch me, I'm going to get pregnant again. Like, you know, it's like, there's definite, we are just simply two people journeying together, living under the same roof because we don't know how else to do it. Sure. There's no time for it. Like, this isn't like, we don't have to demonize our ancestors because God knows what they knew. It's all they knew, right. it's all they could do, they were just surviving, right? But the problem is, is we will always polarize. 
So if we're separate, and let's say in one of the relationships you were talking about where it's unhealthy, if there's no genuine love connection, we will still polarize masculine and feminine, but one will become like a heavy controller and one will become right. a doormat. Sure. Right? And if you have sensitivity, one person's sensitive, the other one will take advantage of that. Right? right? And they will feed on it. Or the protector vulnerable thing, one will become ultra controlling of the other one and the other one will just become chaos so that they can't be controlled. Right. And so that polarity will happen in a dysfunctional, disconnected sure. relationship. And that's what we're coming out of. Like that's the foundation that we maybe were raised in, our ancestors were raised in. Our family dynamics has passed on. That's the belief system of how relationships well, all we know. Right. Right? It's 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 all the subliminal teaching around the kitchen table, right? Sure. That we don't even know we learned it. So then all of a sudden Tantra comes along and we say, not just Tantra, all spiritual traditions, sure. but we come along and we go, what if we dropped all of our guards? And we actually were open to interact with someone in a, in a united way. Hmm. Well, then all of a sudden this idea of giving and receiving, you know, for me, I'm a very independent person, so one of my journeys has actually been even to ask for help or to admit vulnerability or to be able to cry hmm. and, not, and, and know that that was safe. Because we're taught to be strong, certainly for men. I mean, that's like a, like, you know, one person once said that for women, the only unacceptable, unacceptable emotion was anger, and the only acceptable emotion for men was anger. <laughs> right? And so, it's like, but it all, it all keeps everyone at a distance, right? Sure. So then, now all of a sudden, we have this place where we need to, we actually want to unite with another person. Well, we need to be strong enough to drop our guards with another person. And this can even be parents and children. I mean, like it can be all kinds of things, right? Where we're always holding strong to an ideal or something we want to be. But in order to be that vulnerable, it can't actually have anything to do with the other person. And again, this circles back to why Tantra is a divine hmm. journey. Because I need to have this connection, right? And when I know that... Ugh, all the words are so overused now, but... You know, when I actually have this connection, and I know that I am a completely divine, infinite human, blah, blah, blah. well, how could you possibly hurt me? Right. <laughs> like, what could you possibly do? Right. So then all of a sudden, it's much easier for me to be open, and it's easier for you to be open. And also, when we're here, we can't be judgmental, because the more we kind of connect in, the more we know that I have more stuff going on inside of me. I, how could I ever judge you? <laughs> It reminds me of martial arts. Um, some of the hardest people I've sparred against were the most open people. I remember sparring, and I've talked about this in other videos, sparring against a man who, uh, who was smiling and happy. His arms were flowing. I couldn't punch him. I couldn't kick him. And I was sparring with him for his black belt test. And I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. And then I had to spar against another guy who was really an angry guy. And he was super easy. Yeah. Like, it was almost like he was asking for it and you know, in our, in our sparring matches. But I remember how hard it was to hit this guy who was just open and happy and smiling and just in the best mood. And I, he just was a happy person, just generally. Um, and I remember how hard it was to want to hit somebody who's smiling at you. It's really hard. It's almost like they don't take you seriously. And you're trying to muster up the strength or you know, emotional content in a sparring match because you have to have emotional content or you're not really sparring, you're play fighting. Um, and I wanted to make him look good for his test. So I was really trying to, but I remember how, how much I struggled because he was so open and vulnerable. Well, you know what that feels like to me? It's like the sparring and that emotional thing is like in order to spar effectively, you have to stay separate, yeah. which isn't true because we're not separate. Mm -hmm. So the happy guy 
you know, you've got this heart connection with him, so you're actually one. So right. if you hit him, you're hitting, you're hitting you. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Which sucks. Sure. sure. <laughs> no. How can I really put muscle behind this? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and with the healing work I've done, uh, what I ask people to do is to put themselves in intense vulnerability and call out the things that are happening. Call out the elephant in the room. As if, you know, someone says something horrible to you and you say, well, that makes me feel horrible what you just said to me. And, and, and that's just like that's really inappropriate. Um, I really don't know what to do with that. So I will, how about you walk out the door, come back in and try it again. And that's a funny one uh, if you have a real close relationship with that person. Um, but, but calling out, saying how I feel about what you just said is just, it, it, you can stay in vulnerability without having to go into fear and, and protective mode and try to fight back. But uh, I know we're getting a little off topic, but it's, it's really interesting that if you just stay in that vulnerability and just call out uh, the thing that's happening and how you respond to it, you can stay vulnerable. You don't have to go into a different mode of, of protectionism. And it's just a truth. Like, this is the whole thing with this divine... It's a, it's a singularity. Like, I can't get... You know, it, it's just what is. It's like, you do something, and I immediately feel sad. Or I feel really hurt right now. Right. That's all. It's only the mind that now takes it into making, drawing, like writing an essay mm -hmm. about it. It's like... That's all the truth is. And you could be like, wow, I so didn't intend that. That's so weird. Huh. And that's it. Like, it's, it's not, like, we, our brains make too much out of everything. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, I don't, and if you love the other person, you'll say, that really wasn't my intention. I'm really sorry. Like, mm. I, don't want it, I don't want you to feel like that. Like, it's, and that's it. Like, it doesn't have to be, and then, and maybe the other person goes, you know what, it's not even you, it's just that my, that's how my dad used to talk to me and I or really feel... Or they're having feel, a bad day. Or they're ha you know, and, and it's like, huh, like isn't that beautiful? It, it, it's not a personal thing. When you, when you call it out and then they think about it, then they have to find out where it comes from. Because when you bring something back to the person, you, someone's doing something, you bring it back to them, then the conversation inside of them is, well, where's that coming from? Well, okay, so in, you know, now that I just remember we were talking about sexual healing. Sure, no, absolutely, let's go back <laughs> so, to it. Good so segue. Right? <laughs> so, this is a big thing. So, then the masculine-feminine dynamic. The masculine is the protector and the feminine is vulnerable. And this can go either way. Like, it, it's not a... Historically, it made sense that the feminine was vulnerable in, let's say, in the wild, because the feminine had children. And the masculine had to protect the children. Like, it's not a, it's not a women are weak thing. It's a plain survival thing. But how that works in relationship is, if I'm having a bad day, so the vulnerable is chaos. It's all that mystery. It's everything. The feminine is... Sure. We always like to go put it into polarities like that, but really the feminine is chaos, mystery, unknown, under the all these kind of things. And the masculine is logic, structure, stillness, all these kind of things. So these two things, <laughs> but they work together. Mm -hmm. They create safety. Right. That, that creates safety, right? So now let's say I'm just having a bad day, right? I am... Something's happened... Maybe there's a death in the family. Maybe it's not just a hormonal thing. It's actually like this is really bad. And I think you know what, Orion, he can, he's got, he can polarize this. And I, call, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go, oh my god, I want a friend. That's what I'm going to think. But I'm going to call the friend that can polarize out of my chaos, so that I can stay in chaos and they'll stay strong. Because hmm. in order for me to explore my chaos, I need someone who's just going to hold me in their arms and go, give her. Cry it out. Let it go. Yeah. Don't like you don't want anyone back to, back to the heart because healing has the healing happens always what I've learned through the heart. It can't go on the head. 
It's in the head, it has to come out through the heart. So releasing, crying, letting go, breathing, even screaming, sometimes just let it all out. It, 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 it always blows out through the heart, and then the heart settles back down again. But the key is for us to go into that very, very vulnerable, scary place wherever we're hurt. Sometimes we can do it on our own, but this is where, like, we weren't, we're, we, we're not on islands. We actually, we're giving each other to help each other and to grow together. So all of a sudden you find a friend, and that friend says, come here, and you naturally just hold them, and they sob, and all our role is as the one holding is the masculine, this is this masculine feminine, mm -hmm. and the stronger I am, and the stiller I am, and the quieter I am, right, no fixing, no anything, just stillness. That's always hard for us guys, no 100%. fixing. <laughs> stillness to the chaos. Right? That's all it is. And you hold and hold and hold. And, and for the person in chaos to go, like, are you? And they're like, nope, as long as you need. Just give her. Just go, 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 go. And then healing happens simply out of that polarity. Mm. Right? So sexually, what's really fascinating is um, there's, a, there's even a deeper potential for that healing. Because now you're getting triggered on very, very intimate ways, right? The first, second chakras, you know, security, relationships, all these, like, safety, all these things. We often walk around with them very shut down. Right. Right? I mean, this, these are the, you know, oh, maybe I'll look at this one because that's an easier one to look at, or my heart, or whatever, but it's like, this stuff is like, I'm embarrassed, I have shame, I have, oh, there's so much stuff here, I have fear. Mm. And very seldom does that get triggered outside of a romantic relationship. So now all of a sudden you found a partner and you trust them. Well, as soon as you start getting intimate, everybody's going to get triggered. And now all of a sudden, and a lot of times this is when the relationship ends, because it's like, men are all the same, right, right. women are all crazy, whatever, <laughs> you know. But instead, if you, you know, it's funny, so I'm in a new relationship and and at the beginning, it was like that. Like, I, I was really surprised, even after all my experiences, everything, you know, it's like that layer of the onion thing. You, sure. just, you have no deeper idea deeper. how many layers there are, right? And everyone triggers different things. Totally. Sure. And everyone has a different degree of safety. Because mm. the safer the masculine is, like, in the land of, you know, people are always wondering, how does a man be a masculine male? Be safe. Like, that, that protector side to the feminine vulnerability sure. is so important. Like it is not about doing this, it is about being safe. And so all of a sudden, you know, we're being intimate and blah, 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 and all of a sudden something happens and something inside of me clenches, right? Because something has triggered me into pure defensive mode. Sure. And I remember the first time it happened with, with, with this man and I, I could feel myself turning away, right? I was like, yeah. I knew this would happen. I knew like, you know, whatever, right? And you, know, what you think because you're an expert, you can not can't. You well, this is just it, right? And, and it's like you, just, you think you've got this all figured out, sure. and then you know, then real life happens because we're just people. And and it was so interesting. And he kept sort of drawing me out, like, "What's going on? You can tell me." Like he was just safe beyond safe beyond safe, right? Mm -hmm. And I just and it was like, and in my heart, I remember the moment where I thought, "I have a choice to turn away." Or turn towards turn, turn into it. and have sure. the courage to turn towards. And I remember literally physically I went <sighs> I literally I physically turned towards and I started sobbing. Yeah. And he just held me and he just let me sob and sob and sob. And then it felt better. You had but you also had a moment of connection where you were. Right? Dead. And this but that masculine oh, yeah. feminine thing 
And of course, and it can go either way. Like it doesn't have to be the man being, you know, uh, protector and me being the. But that, that to me is one of the greatest sexual healings that's possible, hmm. because it's the intimacy. It's these deep, deep fears that we store. Hmm. You know, it doesn't take a few decades of experiences. Like we got some stuff stored, right? Sure. So then, to have that safety in such deep intimacy, anyone can do it. Like it's just simply being kind and loving and human. You know, and then something else happens because when that happens, so again, this when the masculine and feminine unite back into bliss, like back into union, like we experience oneness. And when we experience oneness, some of our fears to go away. It's almost like every time you touch God, you start to realize that okay, all these things that are bothering me, they're not real. Hmm. And every time that happens, we change. And so all of a sudden you're lying there in the aftermath of, of it and this peace, like this incredible quiet, it heals us. Right. Like just that connection, it's just, it's almost like they say, you know, just to touch the, the robes of a holy man will bring you such peace and that's what I think it's like and that is the greatest healing. And that's the goal, of that's the goal of Tantra, that's the goal of spiritual totally. healing. Well, and the goal of Tantra is like really to just experience this oneness. The presence, be present. And to do it here. Sure. Like to do it here. Like we don't, it is absolutely not about transcendence. You know, a lot of times we're like, it's all about, you know, like going off into the other. And it's like, no, 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 no. We have been incarnated here. And this three-dimensional world is the playground. This is where the ecstasy is. It's right here. And it's a real challenge because people tend to be kind of one side or the other. They... They either are very focused in the duality, they're very focused in the physical. It, life is about jobs and kids and status and success and relationships and everything. Like, you know. And then and there's no, no real time for spiritual intuition. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Just, just go get a job, for God's sake. Just, you know. And then there's other people who are all just about this. Right. You know, like, and even a lot of the yogas were all about transcending the physical body. This is just full of desires and filth and things oh, yeah. that are just going to distract you from your oh, path, yeah. right? That's Buddhism too. Buddhism, Christianity, <laughs> like all kinds of stuff, right? And so these are the ascetics who like beat themselves and starve themselves and do all these things so that they only experience God. Right. But Tantra says these two things are meant to come together. Right. And it was interesting because we talked about this because this physical world in the chakra system are all these lower chakras. It's the lower triangle. Mm -hmm. And then this upper triangle is the, is the divine. And of course the heart is what connects them. And the reason we get stuck in one place or the other is because we're broken here, like we've sure. been hurt. So this is why there's so much work in heart opening exercises and so many things, like even to just eye gaze with someone. That that's like, whoa, this is really like I don't like it. <laughs> you know? And so healing the heart is such a it's such a big deal. But to actually have the idea that you can experience this infinite ecstasy right here. Hmm. Right? And it can be in romance. It can be like my children are in their 20s now, and they're hilarious, right? Because I literally look like, like my son is this six foot three Viking of a man with long beard and long hair, and he like, you know, walks like this. And I sit there and I'm like, and he's like, oh, right? But I am in absolute ecstasy right. sitting with this man and just like hugging him and whatever. Like, we, we, we put, it's almost like because we demonize sexuality. It's sort of like when you tell a child or a teenager, don't have sex. Whatever you do, don't have sex. 
Then we build it up to think that this is the best thing in the whole world. Everything must lead here. Like, like this, this is it, right? This is it. But the truth is, it's awesome. And it's an amazing vehicle to have really amazing experiences here in this world. But it's not the only one. Right. Like, it's, it's just one. And the only reason I think we think it's the only one is because it's been pushed aside, you know, and yeah. um, many people who come to me are single, and they always ask, you know, can I study Tantra alone? And I'm like, that's the best place to study Tantra, mm -hmm. because it's, it's really about having that experience everywhere. Like if you can walk out, if you can wake up in the morning and look out and see the sun shining and take a deep breath and go, oh my god, mm. like, I'm so glad to be alive. Like, how lucky am I? Can you imagine if you bring yourself to that place where this is absolutely true, you're not just telling it because you're trying to be whatever? Hmm. Can you imagine what you'd be like in relationship? You know, it's, it's really interesting because in my life, being a healer, is I lead with vulnerability. I start with vulnerability, always. And when I lead with vulnerability, everyone else's vulnerability opens up. It's sort of like when you, your heart opens up, you show me, I show you mine, you show me yours. My heart opens up and people, eat, hearts either open up or they have to leave. And if they have to leave, that's a person who will naturally want to harm me. They just can't do that, or they're holding on to something where they can't allow vulnerability. It's one or the other. And it's a really easy way for protecting yourself is by opening up with starting with your heart and vulnerability, because the people that are in their hearts and, and able to connect with you will really connect with you. And you make fr fast friends. And, and you come up when you have all this, this buildup over your heart, and they, then they have a buildup, and you put more buildup over your heart, they put more, and you have these very, like you said, very shallow conversations. Anyways, I think we should leave it there. <laughs> Okay. We could go on for hours and hours, but um, anyways, uh, tell me, just can you plug your book, um, what it's called and how they can find it? Yeah, so my, well, my first, my second book is called Tantric Intimacy, Discover the Magic of True Connection, and it's available on all online sites, Amazon, chapters, everything. Um, there's an e-book, paperback, and the audio book version will be out in a month. That's exciting. Um, my first book was called What If You Could Skip the Cancer? And it's actually something I often recommend to people first because it helps bridge you from that place where we listen to the whole world for instruction and it brings back inside to actually go, no, we actually have wisdom within, which is really the foundation of Tantra. I didn't write it that way ten years ago, but that actually it's something that seems to be a better foundation for Tantra than I ever knew. So, so we'll be able, if you're interested in either one of my website or RyanMott.com. And what was your website again? What was your website? KatrinaBoss.ca. KatrinaBoss.ca. Or the, the Tantra is uh, the Tantra is FusionTantra.com. There will be a link underneath. Uh, just click on it, and we'll put a link to your book as well. If you awesome. Look back up. And thank you very much. It's a wonderful conversation. I know we'll have more. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye.